Welcome to day 12 of the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Horror Spectacular. And on this day, we're going to be talking about Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. This is a film that was made in 2006. Kind of, I think, flew under the radar. It was an indie film. I don't think it got a uh, wide theatrical release. And I know uh, it's kind of become a cult favorite amongst the horror community. And it's a movie I own. It's a movie I love. They've talked about potentially making a sequel to it. And I really hope that that comes around at some point. Uh, we're just going to jump right on into this one because we had a little bit longer of a, an episode yesterday. So this one might, might be fairly quick. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into it. So the premise of this one is the next great psycho slasher has given a documentary film crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. And that's kind of the best way to describe this film. It is a movie that kind of embraces the found footage genre to an extent. 95% of the movie is from behind the camera. And 5% of the movie is outside the camera, whereas we see the characters without like someone f- filming them. And, and it's just them and the world. And I thought that was really clever, especially when you get to the kind of climax of the movie. But one thing that is, I think, most notable about this movie is it takes place within the world of all of the great horror classics of the 80s and, and 70s. Uh in this world, Michael Myers exists, uh, Jason Voorhees exists, Freddy Krueger exists. Uh, so there's kind of this, and it's not explored in depth in the movie, um, but it there's this kind of underground society that uh, these killers are all kind of a part of. Like they all kind of know each other and they know how they got started and why they do what they do. And I think one of the really clever aspects of this is uh, Leslie Vernon, who's played by Nathan Basil. uh, He is showing the, the film crew kind of the Genesis, the uh, um, origin of a killer in the sense of like the slasher um, movies, the archetype, uh, you know, kind of going into the the steps like the ABCs, like there's a traumatic event in, in the past of the killer. Uh, the, usually the community has done something to that person. Uh, they're believed to be you know dead or missing, and then they uh, come back for revenge later on. And Leslie is in the process of training, uh, you know, we see like a lot of montage of him, like, you know, doing cardio and strength exercise so that he can, you know, pursue his victims. And, um, he's really kind of walking, uh, us through the selection process of his victim. I mean, he even takes the crew, uh, and points out, this is how you you pick someone out and you you have they have to fit all of these check marks which are very much just like the the typical standards of your 80 slashers uh you know kind of the the female archetype of uh 
the the final girl is kind of the the smart, intelligent, chaste uh, type of of person who comes out of the experience stronger and better and and a whole new person but they have to have these kind of qualities about them to make them that final girl and it's a very um meticulous process and so you have uh taylor gentry who's played by angela uh, goth gothels um, i might be pronouncing her name wrong uh the only thing that i can really say about her as an actress is when I found out she was the uh, sister in Home Alone, I believe she's a sister, she, or she's at least a, a, a relative of Kevin. She's the one who says, uh, Kevin, you're what the French call laissez compétent. And uh, when I found out that that was the same person, I like lost my mind. But she's really good in this, too. She does a really good job as as uh, Taylor in interviewing and kind of walking this thin line of morality where um, you know, even her crew kind of is like, are you, are you sure you want to go through this? Uh, you know, go through with this and, and follow this. Like we're going to eventually watch a murder happen. And she's all a kind of about the story and, and, and the character and the process. And she kind of gets wrapped up with Leslie and there's a mutual attraction between the two characters and that comes to play in the climax of the film as well. Um, and I think it's really clever. The The whole turn of that final act of the film is is beautiful. And, and I really like it, especially when they start going through basically everything he laid out, what's going to happen that night, that he's going to make his grand appearance on the stage. Um, you also have Robert Englund playing Doc Holleran. Uh, kind of as an homage to um, to Donald Pleasance in, uh, in Halloween, um, you know the Doctor Loomis type character. He he's the one who kind of shows up to save uh, Leslie's intended victim uh, and warn the film crew that like, hey, there's something not right with with Leslie. Like you know you guys need to be careful or you know turn him in. Um, so it's really great to, of course, see him. Uh, Kane Hodder has a a uh, small cameo. If you're not familiar with Kane, he played uh, Jason in parts 7, 8, 9, and 10 um, for the Friday the 13th franchise. You know, the um, New Blood, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, and Jason X. Uh, is arguably, I think, one of the best Jasons in the, in the entire film franchise. Um, and you also have Scott Wilson from The Walking Dead. He played Herschel in The Walking Dead, playing Eugene, who's kind of this mentor to Leslie. And um, again, like I said, that there's kind of this uh, feeling that the world of horror cinema is the world that this movie takes place in. Um, there's a lot of things you can pick out, little Easter eggs. Uh, in fact, when they're, um, when Leslie introduces uh, Taylor to... Eugene and his wife like at their house on one of their tables is the uh, lament configuration from Hellraiser and I think also in their driveway is the Delta from uh, Evil Dead Ash's car and so there's like a lot of these cool nods and and winks at 
the history of the horror genre within this movie. And I think that's one of the things I really like about it the most, but also the deconstruction of kind of the process or the, the first second and third act of horror and also kind of doing this meta analysis of uh, symbology in, in the film. Um, there, there's like a whole thing about, kind of the rebirth process and like how uh this like apple orchard um in the film is kind of representative of like the birth canal and that that the final girl has to like go through it to basically be reborn as this new uh person and like in the final confrontation with with him as the killer so we see the creation of leslie's backstory uh, we, we do get two kills, uh, later on in the film. Um, a lot of this movie is a build up to just the final act. Like there's not a whole lot of, uh, kills until you get to the end. Um, but a lot of them are very well developed, very well thought out. Uh, the whole plot of the movie is very well thought out. I mean, there's a lot of care and appreciation and respect and, homage to the horror genre like i've said a couple times now it it just i don't know there's something so beloved about this film and they've kind of teased making a sequel to it and i'm like please just do it just do it this movie is now 13 years old and we haven't gotten a sequel yet and although a sequel might not like live up to it i i think it's ripe for it i mean kind of the whole point of this was to kind of the point of this film was to create this new character, this new kind of iconic slasher. And they've really got it there. You know, his weapon being a sickle, like Jason's machete, uh, his mask being kind of cool and creative, just like Jason's hockey mask or Michael Myers mask. Um, having this kind of intricate backstory, like Freddy Krueger and Jason and Michael and Candyman. you know, there, there are just a lot of these, aspects of this movie that are ripe for a sequel and they i mean the movie ends with kind of a cliffhanger in 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 a sense um it's something we've kind of seen in in horror happen uh, a lot but it's i i just like it i like the way it's done uh, I like the characters like that's that's the thing with this movie. I mean, typically with horror slashers, you are kind of rooting for the killer because that's that's why you're there. That's why you're watching that movie. You're there to see Jason. Uh, you're there to see Freddy. You're there to see Michael. Uh, you're there to see Candyman. You're there to see Ghostface. You're there to see Chucky. Um, you know, you're there to see that evil entity uh, wreak havoc on people. But you're also there to see the the characters overcoming that great evil. And I really, uh, I really like how this movie approaches it. And Leslie, his character is so, it's weird to say like adorable, like the, the excitement he gets, the nervousness he gets, like when he's doing his big scene in the library and kind of like, Ooh man, I'm, I'm shaking. Like, uh, I'm ready for this. Are you guys ready for this? And and getting kind of the um, the other characters hyped up from the film crew. Uh, the film crew is is very 
uh, adorable and likable. Uh, you know, the relationship that Taylor and Leslie have is really complex and, and really intriguing and uh, really goes in an interesting direct uh, direction that you don't see in many of the slashers. Um, and this movie does really feel like a throwback to the 80s slashers. One that's also uh, kind of very reminiscent of that is uh, Hatchet, which may uh, be coming up later on in, in the month uh, for recommendations. So I have to definitely recommend this one. I don't believe it's streaming right now. It, it may be. Don't, don't quote me on that. Uh, I think the last I had seen it was maybe on Prime. I'm not sure if it's still on Prime. But buy it. I mean, this is a simple just straight up buy it. I don't see too many people uh, who are huge fans of horror really being disappointed in this movie. They might find it a little bit slow uh, until you get to that final act. And when it gets to that final act, it really uh, kicks it up a notch and it moves fast. And it's a tight movie. It's only, um, you know, 91 minutes. So that's an easy hour and a half it, it it might feel a little bit long just kind of for the build-up but it's totally worth it for the payoff and just the kind of the ideas and themes that they explore throughout the movie and it's and it's very well shot uh you know it one thing that makes it differentiate it from other kind of found footage type horror films uh much like i i've mentioned um i mentioned it on one of the prior uh, episodes and I can't remember which movie it is now, but uh, it's it's an experienced uh, film crew, so you're not getting the shaky cam, uh, you're you're getting steady cam and and all that, and then of course when it when it gets to the third act it shifts out of that narrative it, it goes kind of to the uh, the third person narrative versus the first person with the camera, so when you're really kind of in the high pressure moments of the film you're in it like a typical uh, horror film, horror slasher. And again, this movie is ripe for a sequel. So I really hope that um, Scott uh, Glossman uh, and his co-writer David uh, Stevie, if I said that name right, uh, kind of finally get the funding and get, get the story together to approach it with a new one. I think it's I think you can even do this time lapse in a interesting way and have it match kind of other horror films that have taken breaks in between their movies or have made time jumps uh, and within their kind of own storylines. I mean, Friday the 13th did it just from um, uh, Friday the 13th 1 to Friday the 13th Part 2 and each subsequent Friday the 13th. Like, by the time you get to... Uh, like Friday the 13th part seven, you're like almost in the 2000s range and it's still in the eighties at that point. Um, it's just the way that they explain some time differences. Cause like, I think when you get to, uh, the, the camp stuff in Friday the 13th part two, it's been like five years since the first Friday the 13th. And yet they only came out like two years apart from each other. So, uh, I definitely recommend it. Go check it out. This is one that's definitely a 5 out of 5 for me. Um, I don't really have any issues with it other than we haven't had a sequel. So do your do yourselves a favor, guys. Go check this one out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And we'll see you on day 13.